0: hello everyone and welcome to the engage and equip podcast my name is andy schmidt i'm here with pastor nick Gibson. today we're doing a podcast on whether christians should use social media or not and we're going to cover a lot in this probably we're going to go through each different social media we're going to go on how it affects men how it affects women different generations um and whether or not this is a thing that christians should use or not and so like this has been something that some of my friends have come to me and been like you should do a podcast about this because i don't know if this is a thing that i should be using i'm i feel like i'm on it too much um or if they're if they're not on social media they're like it's something that i want to use but i don't know you know I don't know how beneficial it is. Should I post selfies? Like all these things that are like yeah. confusing about social media, people want to figure that out. And so,
1: yeah, I think one of the, one of the like reform Christians often talk in these terms about things. Should I receive it? Should I reject it? Or should I reform it? And social media is one of those things. There may be some things about social media. We should just outright reject some things about social media or certain platforms of social media. We might receive and say, Oh, this is just good. But in most cases for Christians, it's reform. It's, this, but not that, or this in this way and not that way, and um however, because social media through the technologies that we utilize to get it affects us so powerfully and so sensually that it's so like it like it really gets at like our embodiment as people and and it's designed to hack our neurology. In some ways, it's it's kind of like a drug. It functions sort of like a drug, and so so the logic applied to social media is in some ways similar to a logic you would apply to something that had the same properties as a drug and had addictive properties and, but also exhilarating properties. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And I, okay. So I watched this documentary on Netflix called The the Social Dilemma. And I bet a lot of people watched that because it was really popular when it came out. Mm-hmm. And there, I was not a big fan of it. In some ways, I thought it was good. It explained all the ways in how social media is really negatively affecting, especially young girls, but a, a lot of young people in general. But then they blamed that on the social media companies. And they said that we yeah. need to restrict the social media companies. Oh. And it wasn't, they didn't, they didn't say parents need to take responsibility for their kids. Kids need to get off social media. Like they didn't, there was nothing of personal responsibility. It's all like this, this is a Facebook's fault and we need to regulate like Facebook. And that's what China does. I mean, they like won't let kids go on social media after like 5 p.m. every night like they they, like shut it down nationwide did you know that yeah
1: I didn't know that but it sounds like China
0: yeah and I and I don't think that's I mean obviously I'm don't like when the government gets involved in things but I don't think that's the answer and so I think this seems like an issue of the social media thing I mean there's two ways to think about it and I think we should start with maybe like the teenage under your parents roof age and then we can move into like when you're out of your parents house and you're you're on your own. Yeah.
1: yeah. Can I make one comment about the thing you said about the government there? Because I think Christians tend to be drawn into either democratic understandings of public policy or Republican ones. And I think Christian ones have to be as human as possible, right? In human societies throughout the entire history of the world, the regulation of adolescent behavior has been a communitarian as well as individualistic process. So, for, so for example, um in 1945 or 1951, my mom's in Montenegro, Italy, Right. And she wasn't supposed to walk places alone with boys. That was a social reality. Her aunt, her grandmother, enforced that and made sure she didn't. They didn't want her honor and reputation to be ruined. And her her parents expected her to be by those norms and upheld them with personal responsibility. So part of the issue is is that um, as a social construct of adults relating to adolescence has broken down, what's expected of adolescents? How should we... How should we save them from themselves? And how should we also create space for them to grow and experiment into becoming adults? That's a very dangerous and difficult and important mm-hmm. right time in kids' lives. And so adults are supposed to all agree right. on a, a, stru- a certain structure that both allows adolescents to be adolescents, but also keeps them from damaging themselves in a way they are prone to. Yep. And then each parent is individually responsible to uphold that with their child in that context and so it's both and it's both the social structure and then the parents have ground to stand on when the social media companies along with tech companies along with the expressive individualism of deconstructing american culture within progressivism and the deconstruction of american culture through capitalism yeah. right where Where both consumerism on the sort of free market Republican side and a structured like deconstructing kind of progressivism, like like everything's fine, like there are no norms, those two things both both enabled this culture in which like there is no agreed upon thing where all the parents agree how kids are supposed to behave and what is or isn't healthy for them or what isn't isn't good for them or what is or isn't moral for them, and so because of that, every parent is literally on their own, and very few parents have the moxie to stand up for what they believe in light of whatever else is going on with the kids or the ability to harness the authority to do it and so in some ways i agree with you but as a parent of teenagers there are some ways in which i find myself completely out of my own and parenting in that context is very different than parent than like my parents where there were there were some norms teachers parents Everybody agreed,
0: at least on some, things. on some things. Mm-hmm. And now that's just not the case. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: completely eroded because nobody wants to tell anybody. No.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that's, nobody wants to tell anybody, no, and no. And my generation hasn't heard the word, no, their entire childhood. Right, basically. Because your,
1: your generation's parents were told that saying no to a child was psychologically destructive for their, de- for their development, as opposed to the truth, which is the opposite, that that regulation is necessary for kids development. And that is built on the word.
0: No. So the, so the two, the two questions that we're going to answer in this podcast, we're going to try to answer in this podcast is how much, how much do you regulate as a parent of your kids and how much do you regulate of yourself personally
1: relative to social media. And I think one of the things that you got at in our pre discussion was important is there's no such thing as social media, right? There are different platforms of things we call social media that do very different things. And therefore the way they interface with us as human beings is very different. I mean, Instagram and Twitter aren't the same thing. Right. And Snapchat is a completely different thing. Right. And so all these things are different, are different phenomenon. Right. Right. And, and so there are ways in which they're bad for the country, like Facebook dumping millions of dollars into the election in Georgia, for example, Minnesota yeah I mean that's like but that's not what we're talking about today what we're talking about is the thing itself and its effect on us as human beings
0: so we're gonna go with, let's let's start with with let's just start with Instagram because that seems to be Instagram and Snapchat are the two like most popular ones I think for my generation that's probably um, true. I don't know I mean I know like everybody in my age has Instagram and mm-hmm. and I don't have Snapchat, but I had Snapchat before I use Snapchat and I know the dangers of Snapchat and all the bad things that you can do with Snapchat. I, I don't necessarily understand a way in which Snapchat can be used positively, but we can, that
1: you can't do uh, through another other, messaging. Yeah.
0: Thing, right, right. Where you get to like keep the messages and they don't disappear right. so you can remember what like you're WhatsApp talking about or just a texting, or just thing, texting yeah. yeah, literally. Yeah. And so let's start with Instagram and Instagram and how it relates to teenagers and how their parents should look at this um should look mm-hmm. at Instagram because I think this is a this is a conversation that's good because your parent of teenagers I'm I was a teenager just a couple of years ago I'm married now and I want to have kids and I'm going to have to raise my kids in a way to teach them about these things. Yeah. And so there's things that your generation, I think that the church and the older generations in the church have like, just totally missed the mark on when it comes to social media. Mm. Cause I think it came out of nowhere in the culture and we weren't expecting it, and now it seems like conser- uh, conservatives and Christians— We've already had permissive or-
1: relationships with our children.
0: Yeah, now mm-hmm. it seems like they're behind, way behind on this stuff, and it's kind of just like being passive about it and giving your kid a phone and letting them do whatever they want, and I think mm-hmm. that's not the answer to it. So it'll be good to get both of the generational perspectives here, but it, when it comes to Instagram, I don't know. Wh- I mean, what do you think is the some of the bigger— Dangers. We can talk about the, yeah. the, the pros and cons. Yeah, so I, of
1: course, I want to, I always want to start and talk about like the good in things, right? Like, so Instagram is a great idea, right? Being able to share images of things has caused a lot of better food to be eaten. Like, it's caused a lot of things to be decorated more beautifully. It's caused a lot of people to share ideas very simply. And there are significant positive effects of that as a sheer idea, especially if you take out. Um, infinite scrolling. I think infinite scrolling in that, which is in almost all of these apps is a way of creating a unthinking droning through things where you're constantly moving through the next like titillating moment, as opposed to taking something in really taking something in. So if you could look at, so my wife, for example, we were doing our new bathroom. She went on Instagram and like searched on certain kind of looks for a bathroom. And she showed me pictures. She's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Right. So that was clearly a really cool benefit. The negative, of course, is that people use this to broadcast their lives, right? Right. So they use this to broadcast their lives and they do it in such a way as to create certain, certain marketing relationships, right? So in some ways, Kim Kardashian is doing two things, right? She's selling a certain body image, but she's also trying to sell beauty products, right? And I don't, I don't have anything per se against beauty products. I, I tend to think we paid a lot more attention than we should, but I, I think beauty products are like a lot of things, a little bit of it's fine, but when you try to use it to make yourself, to get yourself a different Relationship with the other people around you—it's an immodesty.
0: And people should be looking forward to—we are going to soon do a podcast on whether women should use um, makeup, because that's actually one that people have asked me, like they've okay. been interested in, and should Christians use makeup? So we'll talk yeah, about that at some point. Yeah, that's and, been a
1: controversy, at least in the fundamentalist wing for a while, and not not considered at all in the non-fundamentalist wings. And neither of those views are very Christian, in my view. So yeah, we can return to that. But yeah, so I, I think part—I of I think the biggest issue with Instagram is the the anxiety and body image issues it creates particularly among younger f- females yeah. yeah yeah that's that's i mean that, research wise i think that's a big thing obviously instagram like facebook or tiktok or any of these can be opportunities for cyberbullying all of that but i think but i think the biggest issue is young girls looking at pictures upon pictures upon pictures upon pictures upon pictures upon pictures of like what they're quote what good or hot or sexy or whatever looks like right and it's going to give them not just body dysmorphia Things and that's, and then trying to live up that isn't just going to create anxiety. There's all the anxiety of like, did anybody notice my picture? Did they not notice my picture? Did I look cute enough in that? How can I make a cuter picture?
0: And in the me- high school, there's like a competition because there's like the girls who are just naturally more attractive and they they get more likes than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then you get these other girls who are not as attractive who, who don't get as many likes. So then what do they have to do to get more likes? Well, you have to remove clothing. I mean, like, right. because the guys are the ones who are like in the picture. I mean, God. generally speaking, uh, yeah. that's how that works.
1: Yeah. And also we're teaching the, the girls who are naturally gifted in prettiness, that this is the most important thing about you. I mean, one of the things, I mean, one of the reasons I have, I've often told um, younger men If, if they think a girl that they have a shot with is in the top 5% of attractiveness among women, do not date her. And, and I've, I've had women be like, that's a terrible thing to say. And I'm like, what do you, do you think you're in that top 5%? But I said, the the reason why it's a problem is because if you're a woman and you're in that top three to 5% of attractiveness, you have been conditioned by everybody around you since you were, since you got pretty.
0: Have you heard of the crazy hot scale? Yeah. yeah. If you are yeah, if you listen listening to this watch the crazy hot scale on YouTube, I mean it's basically just like the hotter a girl gets, the crazier she gets. It's and it's this whole but there's horror. different products and stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. and then there's like no, unicorns who like a yeah. ten hot and then a, like a one crazy, they don't exist. Right. But it's yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. But but my point I made before that video came out a long time, and it's it's deeper in this sense, yeah. that if a, if a girl is, is just born and she's just very pretty, I mean, just she just is, yeah. then what happens is, is she starts getting more and more attention on that basis. Mm-hmm. And if she – especially if she developed early, oftentimes as she tries to express herself personally – it actually detracts from the amount of attention she gets. She finds that that's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so it can lead girls either if they develop early to not develop very well mentally, emotionally, and personally, because they can't improve upon what they are when they walk into the room or they're just sexualized and treated like a sex object. And so they either are extremely resentful and have a negative relationship to their sexuality and towards men, or they realize how much power they have and they learn to use it ruthlessly. And no husband wants either of those. And so I always tell guys, look, if you've met this super hot woman and you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be great. Just be careful because like pastoring, sexually speaking, the saddest, most angry men I've ever pastored are the ones with the prettiest wives. Really? I mean, I mean, that's not literally true. Those men, the men that I have been the most upset have had extremely, oftentimes extremely attractive wives. Now there are other men with very attractive wives that don't have any issues. Yeah. Right. So it's not like all attractive women are bad, but the women who are, are often in that higher quintile of hotness.
0: And it's just because they're used to using.
1: Right. It's not. I'm not saying it's their fault. What I'm saying is, yeah, how they are socialized, the way people treat them is in accordance with their sexuality and they they get treated less as people.
0: Yeah. And that causes a whole bunch of issues when you're trying to be married. They're not
1: their fault. And if you are a woman and you're very attractive, I would suspect in your own personality that there has been some deformity created by the attention that you get because you're attractive. So yeah. a pull that back a little bit, how much right. att- attractive, but, but also so like, I mean, I mean, frankly, I think it's something worth seeing a counselor about yeah. or like just asking Lord, like, how have I, how have I, how do I see myself that is inordinately related to how I look Yeah. as opposed to who I am.
0: Right. Okay. So anyway,
1: and, I th- and I think Instagram is yeah. particularly yeah. bad on that. I think that it hurts attractive women And less attractive women. Yeah. And creates a competition among women, mm-hmm. which is really unhealthy. It
0: has nothing to do with who they are, but it has to do right. with what they look like.
1: Right. And they and because they see sexuality as such a currency, they sexualize themselves yeah. and they encourage other women to sexualize them. Right. And they encourage men to think about them in sexualized ways. Yeah. And all of that's bad. And it creates a ton of anxiety for women.
0: And it makes sense that they do it. I get it because you, yeah. the currency is valuable and they get right. what they want. And
1: nobody wants to not play in the market. Everybody wants to be purchased. Yes. Right. Mark Rigneris talks about this, like with Christian youth. He's like, listen, even among Christian young people, um, all things being equal, most Christian men will have sex with whoever will have sex with them first. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a Christian woman yeah. and you want to be chaste, generally speaking, you have to be a way better than your peers. Because if there's another woman who's like 10% off as great as you, but she'll have sex with a guy, he'll pick her. Really? And, she, and, he, and like, he, he did this with research. He's like, yeah, I mean, it's just how people behave. He's like, and when you have a market that functions that way. To not participate in that market is extremely difficult yeah. for people. And so, I mean, on one level, my solution is, like, guys, you need to keep it in your freaking pants. Yeah, Like, if you stop doing this, women will seek to win. I mean, the whole economy of it will change. Yeah, well, But I don't know that... I mean, we got to do everything, not nothing, right? Yeah, yeah men have to keep it in their pants, but that also means they have to see their sexuality, their manhood very differently. Women need to see their, like, there's so much yeah, that has to be yeah,
0: done. It's not just as simple as to just don't have right, sex. We just the world. Well, there's a lot We're of guys with Jesus
1: veneered on top. Right. We, you know, we wait 10 more minutes to have sex instead of, like, literally being chased outside of marriage.
0: And there's a lot of guys that I know that keep it in their pants, but they don't, they, they still are have no idea what it means to be a man. They don't know. Like that's the problem too. I mean, that that's a, that like that happens. But back to Instagram yeah. real quick. And so
1: Instagram creates this kind of, and it it creates a, the body dysmorphia. It creates the competition, yeah. the sexualization, and it it produces an enormous amount of anxiety, which when untreated tends to lead to depression.
0: So what do you do about this? My opinion. I'll give my opinion. And what I'm going to do when I have kids is. I've realized from being in my generation and growing up in the tech age I mean we've I've had technology and smartphones came out probably when when 2006 I think it was when the iPhone came out maybe 2007 and I got my iPhone in eighth grade and in high school I did terrible things with with it and got addicted to porn pretty heavily and doing things with girls and so I feel like I have a good insight into what these things smartphones do and what social media and instagram does so when it comes to Instagram, if i have a daughter well if i have kids they're not gonna get smartphones but that's 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 a whole different thing but like i feel like i my opinion on these things especially when it comes to the image-based social medias is that they're probably way worse for women than they are for men that's my opinion i think that's that's
1: true of at least of instagram
0: yeah because yeah. I, I most of the guys i know that use instagram it can be bad because they're looking at pictures of girls that aren't good but the the worst way which is used is that it's just like can be mindless dumb videos that they watch over and over and over again and yes that's i think that's dumb, almost bad as bad too yeah mm-hmm. i yeah and so but yeah, i don't think the, it's the infinite immoral scroll,
1: the infinite scroll really changed these and the guy who invented that has apologized to the world yeah. He said, I'm sorry that that is a technology that has done so much damage because yeah. it basically it allows them to suck an hour away from your life and you got really nothing for it.
0: No. Yeah. you And in, in like 80 percent of the videos that you watch are not as funny as like one or two of them. Yeah, it's not it's not a good thing. But yeah. as a parent, what are you supposed to do? Like your kid wants Instagram and you let's say let's say you have a daughter who wants Instagram. I mean, your daughter has Instagram. Yeah. So you're, you were like, this is fine. Yeah.
1: I, I, yeah. So, so
0: if, if
1: I do think it is okay. What I don't want to put in people's minds is like, well, it depends on the kid because it usually doesn't. Right. But I, it also does. Like, so my first daughter, she just can't really do that because she's so driven by friendship and like oh. interaction with people yeah. that she'll just get sucked in. She just can't do it. My second daughter, thinks high school boys are idiots and immature and stupid and has and is trying to become a millionaire and she's like 17 right so like she's got no time to waste on social media and blah blah blah, blah right so she can have it and like she'll look at it for a couple minutes a day and she'll she will discipline herself to not look at it for more than 15 minutes blah, blah blah and it'll work fine for her because she has the capacity to use it as an adult should use it right yeah so it does depend a little bit right so i would say the, you know, the, what they say about sexuality is one of the reasons to teach abstinence education in schools is not because kids don't have sex. Mm-hmm. It's because they delay their first act of sexual activity for between eight and 18 months. Mm-hmm. And well, at least when you're talking about that, that's the difference between a 15 year old and a 17 and a half year old mm-hmm. or, or a 16 and three quarters year old. Right. That's, that's kind of a big difference, you know, mm-hmm. like, and so I would say, you know, just delay it as long as you can, um, or say, um, uh, My hope is that we'll have better parental controls as time goes on.
0: Well, there are great ones on the iPhone. There's great. I mean, they've started to do things. I, I
1: think for a lot of kids, like if they spent, if they had 15 minutes a day, they could spend on Instagram and that's it. They probably would be okay. You know, but there's a lot of stuff about Instagram. You just can't take away yeah right but um part I- part of the issue is is like when your kids grow up, they're not probably gonna do none of these things,
0: yeah right, right? well so, okay so there's a group of people listening to this right now, and this' is how it always is in these podcasts that are like either parents or people who are like, Oh, my kid's one of those kids who can use it, and they're not, yeah. and then there's and then because there's probably like five kids out of every like million kids who can use it. I mean, I know so many young people yeah. who just. I don't have a single friend. I don't think I have a single friend who, who should be on social media.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, as a pastor, I can say that the number of times I've met with a parent who found out that their daughter sent topless pictures to somebody and they just never thought their kid would do that. It's a lot.
0: It's yeah. crazy. Or, or like parents who are like, "My my son would never watch porn on their phone. It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? There's every yeah. type of porn you could ever want as a young 15 year old boy who gets, mm-hmm yeah who gets you know yeah. turned on every eight seconds like that's yeah. that's good so, so what, okay,
1: so here here's the thematic point I'd like to make as a like a as a shepherd, a spiritual shepherd, which is this I think if you pay attention to Jesus, what he teaches is is that what you pay attention to is one of the most important things about you, yeah, both as an adult because we're still developing as adults mm-hmm. or as as young people, right? Mm-hmm. and so one of the things about social media is that they all share is they all say, pay attention to me and pay attention to the things I can show you. And in none of the cases it, are they set up to, in, to make us the kind of attention payers that mm-hmm. Jesus wants us to be. In in most cases, they're designed to make us the opposite kind of attention paying creatures than we're supposed to be
0: one. Like we talked in the wisdom about hyper-focus and deep focus, and it makes mm-hmm. us into hyper, like social media especially makes us in a lot of them like Snapchat. Yeah. And they're TikTok, all hyper-focused, right? There's, <laughs> Instagram. I, I can't
1: think of any social media that the purpose of them is deep focus.
0: Yeah. I mean the, the ones that like Facebook's the only one that you're going to get like longer form posts and things like Facebook? that. That's the only one yeah. where you can do long form posts, but like Twitter, you mm-hmm. you it's like, 240 characters.
1: Yeah. T- so Twitter and Facebook are a little bit different. And Facebook is a hodgepodge of everything. Right. Yeah. And so Facebook can also therefore be used in very different ways. Yeah. So for example, I think Facebook marketplace is, I mean, I can, I can waste a lot of time in there.
0: Right. Way better Craigslist though. I mean, it's,
1: yeah, I found it easier to use than Craigslist. Yeah. Craigslist
0: yeah. hasn't been updated since it started. Well, I think
1: they gave up because of marketplace. Really? I think so.
0: Yeah. I mean, people still post on Craigslist though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um, I didn't even know it existed for a long time. Anyway, so so there's that. No, I didn't know that Facebook had a marketplace yeah. for a while, I and I was like, "What?" And, and it, it was like, "Oh gosh, yeah. yeah." Yeah, and
0: then everybody
1: caught it. So then, so yeah, so then Facebook uh-huh. can be. I, I think I so I use Facebook as like an address book. So at church, like when some name comes across my desk of something that happened to someone, I don't know who that is because of the way Facebook is curated with its algorithms. I normally can type in their name and they're going to come up and I can see their face. and go, Oh, that's who that is. So in that sense, like I find Facebook very helpful. But if I go to Facebook and I let myself read that first or second post thing that comes up in my feed, I can lose 25, 30 minutes just like that Like you know, and I, so I have to, sometimes I like divert my eyes a little bit click right on marketplace. Cause that's what I came to do yeah. or whatever. Because I, you get drawn in because it's right. human. It's people are interacting and you get drawn in that interaction, especially yeah. if you think you know how to correct them.
0: Right. Okay. You know? Okay. Let's let's wait, let's wait on Facebook for a second and talk about that in a little bit because but, but,
1: but, but all these are an example of the kind of attention. Yeah, the we're attention span. I yeah. think that if you start with the question, how does Jesus want me to pay attention to things? Yeah. And, what does he want me to pay attention to? Okay. What am I paying attention to and how? And then how does that shape me as a person over time? I think that you'll come to see social media is not conducive to any of that, if you, which means yeah. you do not want these technolo- technologies developing you.
0: But is there a way to use them in where they don't develop you? That's, that's the question. And That's I, the question. I don't, I, in my opinion is no. Like I found it to be like – I mean especially for me personally like Instagram is so difficult because because you can just get you just scroll and scroll and get sucked right. in on the explore page. I can watch 60,000 basketball videos in like yeah. 2 hours and be like I just did that it and I, happened, it didn't right? happen nothing helped. And so right. and so, so you, you didn't read Jonathan, Jonathan Edwards or yeah. Blaise Pascal or uh, yeah. the Bible or <laughs> yeah or like yeah so I'll spend like an hour doing that and then and then I'll go to bed early that night and not do, do my quiet time. You consider
1: YouTube a social media?
0: Oh yeah. I didn't even think about YouTube. That's a whole I different think it thing. It sort of is. It is. Yeah. It's technically social media. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit better because you're going to get some more longer form informational stuff. Like mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, you can watch all of like Jordan Peterson's lectures on there. You can right. watch, you know, Rogan talk for two hours or four hours with Kanye West. Like things that are long form that are going to give you more information. There's a lot of like educational videos. Um, there's a lot, there's not a lot of like sexual stuff on YouTube as far as I know. No, I don't know. think you
1: can actually put literal porn on there. No, I don't
0: think, no. Um, I'm, I'm not even sure you can, can have, have nudity. No, you can't. Yeah. I don't think you can, Um, unless you like rent a movie that has it on there. But like, right. the, other than that, like it seems to be more information based. Yeah. And so, But,
1: but uh, just, yeah, getting sucked in is very easy too. And there's, there's also the like, you know, the white supremacy algorithm where like, you get more of what you choose and then you get more slightly more extremer content of what you choose yeah. mm-hmm. and then if you keep going like before you know it you're a arco a narco fascist or you're a Wait, like you're looking you're like literally listening to a white supremacist. you're like how did I get this video <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like some kind of like fascist like communist or something and you're like how did I get but it's like well it's just the algorithm it just keeps taking you in a particular direction and the reason why that's important is not just for like for me I'm like how how am I getting these videos right but it's also like this is
0: what happens to young people. Most people who are conspiracy theorists, diehard conspiracy theorists, their source is YouTube, yep. and it's because they've they've done what you just said. Watch like a regular video, and then mm-hmm. one step deeper and deeper, and then right. they, then the. Right. And the, so, imagine yeah. what
1: happens when a thirteen-year-old gets a hold of an iPad and is secretly right. watching YouTube videos at night for two hours when their parents don't know
0: what the heck are they watching? Right. Yeah, so like, they
1: start out. They start out putting in something from Disney. Yeah. But they a, week, like, a like, week a week later. They're watching something disgusting and violent and mm-hmm. truly, like, I, I have a friend who, that was where one of their their kids ended up, she just snuck it to iPad at, I've had a night, was watching videos, and it went from video to video to video, until by the time they figured out what was happening, she had watched so much incredibly disturbing stuff, her personality had changed, and they have spent years trying to rebuild to her.
0: And it was just... Just like idea, idea based things like, like things that weren't, I mean, obviously there's a lot of like sexual stuff. Just
1: watching stuff where people are incredibly defiant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like a 13
1: year old watches some girl being incredibly defiant and that being glorified in the context of a video. Right. And she's from a family where you listen to your parents and you do what you're supposed to. And you, and then she goes, no, maybe I'm going to be like this. This is what people are
0: like out in the real world. Yeah. Yep. And then it's like, you're like, where the heck did that come from? As a right. parent, you're like, where? what the heck? And you don't know. Right. That's why I don't think you should buy your kids iPads right. and stuff like that, that they should even. I, I just think kids are so sneak. I just know how sneaky I was. Like they're so sneaky. If you give them one of these things, they're just going to use it, but they're going to, they're going to find a way to use it to do evil. Right. right. Because you got to remember that the,
1: uh, the, the attraction to use these kinds of sensual things it alters our state of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So just like, like a guy who's getting aroused is going to do something with a woman. He would not have done if he was thinking about it, not in her presence. He'd be like, well, I'm never going to do that. It's like the joke, like don't shave your legs because it'll keep you connected to reality for like women. Cause it's like, it will be like, okay, I'm not going to let it get past here. But then when you're actually in that moment, right? Because you're in an altered state of consciousness, your sensual self wants to push it further. It's the same reason when I walk by my desk at 8 PM, I have a great desire to sit down and play a video game. Right. Yeah. It's the same. Like there's a visceral part of me that's actually hacking me, my mind sensually yeah. in such a way as to draw me to something. It's not pain, but it's, it feels powerful inside of me unless I truly master it. When I was in,
0: yeah. When I was in high school, I used to, I played uh, NBA 2K all the time. I was like, yeah. it's highly, highly addicted to NBA 2K. Mm-hmm. And I had a rule in high school where I wouldn't let myself go to sleep until I had won three straight championships in a row with my association team. Um, and sometimes I would take like seven hours and I would be up till the morning and then I would fall asleep and sleep through school right. and that, and it, that's obviously that's like a bad thing to do but yeah. but yeah, yeah I feel like I've kind of in some ways like mastered the video game thing because I've gotten less interested in video games at my at my age now but I,
1: yeah if you start living a real life sometimes that happens because yeah. you start living in the realm of
0: meaning yeah and, and video games just seem ridiculous I still play I still play sometimes I have a Nintendo switch but it's not but it's anywhere incredible. near what I was doing but it's, but it's an
1: incredible cool. like draw like yeah. you, you know what i'm talking about that like yeah. feel like hey just do this yeah just do this sit down and, a,
0: and beat a game you got to do something you to right. win right that's sweet like right. i don't and, get to win and now all they've the time games
1: so that so like, they're four right. minutes
0: yeah right, right. So, so like oh, my, i guess my, on my phone i probably got my son yeah, plays guess, this so, game yeah. called yeah. valorant
1: right now which okay. is a first person shooter game with abilities while i've played with him some right the match the matches are less than two minutes so right. I'm not sorry. The games are less than 2 minutes. A match is to 13 wins. But each online each fight other Yeah, online. yeah, you're online, you're playing all over the world, right? And so like when the clock flips, it's it's a minute and 40 seconds. And the whole thing's over in a minute and 40 seconds and then it restarts. Yeah. So like even if you lost the last one, you, boom, you're in this new one. You don't have time to, yeah. Right, and now, like, you win that once, so you get, like, the dopamine hit, and you're like, oh my gosh, like, well, I won. I th- that's good, yep. right? What I'm trying to say is, is that that same dynamic in video games is the same dynamic of sensuality that takes you to yeah. the to the pantry to get a snack. It's the yeah. same one that gets you yeah. eating ice cream at 8 p.m. It's the same one that, that gets, gets you on
0: social media when you shouldn't. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's and so if you're a kid with a phone, yeah. it's the same like neurology, so to speak, yeah. that say that is pushing you just do the next thing. Just flip a little more. Just. Yeah. And for most kids, they're not even self-conscious mm-hmm. of the fact that it's happening. At least now when I go to the fridge, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. By the time I get to the fridge, and I open that drawer to get that like chocolate covered Vanilla popsicle, right? Oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I know yeah. what my rule is and so on. But like with a 16-year-old, they just know they want to keep flipping. Yep. And they're like, well, what's wrong with this? Right. And the answer is, well, it takes me about 40 minutes to answer that because I got to talk about your psychology, human yeah. development, blah, 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 blah. And they don't want to hear it.
0: Right. At that age, right? you also don't really actually care about what's wrong with it. You just want right. to do it. Like because I because you
1: don't know. think developmentally, like I am laying down the patterns for the rest of my, of my life. life. Yeah. Right. And
0: you have to, you have like, and you have to, you don't even know what they, they want, want for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And, and who like, cares? Why should I have to know? La, 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 la. Yeah. You know, you know, know quit trying to reverse
1: engineer me for like, life that I don't even yeah. want. Yeah. You know, and you're like, well, well you're, you're gonna, not going to be, be addicted to do. video games. Yeah. Well, and so <laughs> like hating your body <laughs> and. Right. But,
0: yeah. You don't, they don't want it, but they get addicted to even the things that they don't want. And, and so I, yeah. So the social media thing and, and with younger people, a lot of it. So, a lot of it has to do with parents being willing to, like, be honest with themselves about who their kids are and should, like, how much time. I mean, we had a rule growing up and with video games, which I think is a good way, might have been a good way to do social media, too, is if we wanted to play an hour of video games, we had a certain amount. I think we got... I don't we got a certain amount of hours of video games every weekend that we were allowed to play mm-hmm. If we want to play one hour we had to read the bible for 20 minutes and we had to write three sentence a paragraph on what we read and my dad mm-hmm. had to look at it make sure that it was not just some bull crap, and then <laughs> sign off on it and then we could go play video games and so mm-hmm. I feel like that was a good way of of doing that because yeah. it was like if I wanted to play video and I I felt like I, now there's some kids who, who won't learn from that but I feel like when I read my bible during that it wasn't like I mean, if I had to write something and get approved, I had to pay attention to what I was mm-hmm. reading, which has helped me later on in my life. Now, when I'm trying to reference biblical things in my head, so I don't
1: yeah, know. I think there's a lot of different ways to yeah. do it. So, like my kids, for example, on Saturday mornings, they can they can't do anything earlier than six thirty, and they're they have free reign until nine or nine thirty, depending on the day, and they don't have to earn that. That's just Saturday. Yeah. It's fine. Um, and in like Friday nights, there's a little bit of like tech time and stuff like that so like, like there are times where we've where we're like you can use it so for jude um and for, and for lena for lena to watch something or for Jude to play video games the sun has to be down uh, all the way through winter into spring now when the sun starts setting at like eight o'clock we change it a little bit yeah but um that or like we have rules about like we well, have to interact with people for some time, so or you have to, three, yeah. yeah. So, so there's there's lots of ways to do it. I think for for adults. So, like, if somebody's listening to who's like 25 or 31 or whatever, that's a, that's I think the, yeah, I think yeah. the question is like, okay, if, if you want to get a handle, put everything away, get out a piece of paper and a pen, and say, write down the social medias that you think you want to use, and yeah. say why and in what way am i paying attention to this right what do i want to get out of it instead of letting it take me wherever it wants to take me what am i getting out of this like i know why i use facebook i sell things i buy things i find out who somebody is right and i sometimes i broadcast through my twitter account
0: you're saying just in general what do you get out of it not what's beneficial well i mean hopefully you're think that's how you're thinking because that's what i was going to say right. i think like i think people my age should think about what is beneficial. And I don't, I I can't think of one thing that's beneficial about Instagram. The only thing that I can find is running a business and using that as a, as a digital marketing strategy using Mm -hmm. Instagram. I don't see any reason to, to use Instagram Uh, or. uh,
1: So people who create situations of beauty, most of these are women in my, in my circles at least will use it to like look up looks. Um, I know a lot. I know women who like makeup who like to find makeup looks on things like Instagram. I'm not sure that's beneficial, but I bet I, you
0: there's other places to do it because I, I bet if we like took a, a, a sample of, of them looking for beauty things and then how much that gets sidetracked into other things, I bet right. you that's pretty high. Like, oh, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, I, but just to say like there are, there is something to use Instagram for. Like I've been on, I have gone to Instagram. I don't even, I think I have a login that I created just so I could look at a picture. Cause they like kind of force you to do that. But I don't, I mean, I don't have the app on my phone or anything. Like one way to, one way to deal with some of these is just don't have it on your phone. Like, you know, you don't have to have Facebook on your phone. Mm-hmm. You can go to a web browser and use it that way. And that some that, you know, some, there's some things like that you can do. Um, people have heard me say before, you can go to non-chromatic on your phone where you like take the color off your screen. And just that just makes it so much less engaging. Right. It's much easier to just turn your phone off and put it away. Yeah. Asking yourself every time you take your phone out of your pocket, why am I doing this? Yeah. Is there a purpose because for a lot of us, it's not the social media. It's the Twitch of pulling out the phone and doing something. Then because we pull it out, well, what app are you going to open? Right. Well, social media apps are always openable.
0: Right. And I mean, there's another way to do it. that with A lot of guys in, in in that are struggling with sexual sin, they will – and the iPhone has this. You can lock down – apps and you can be like no internet app or something like that on the mm-hmm. iPhone. But you could also set time limits and it could be h- helpful to get an accountability friend and to be like, you yeah. know, here's the path. You have the passcode, so I can't change the time limit, but I get 30 minutes a day on yeah. social media. That might yeah, be helpful. I think <laughs> formal limits can be
1: good. I also think fasts are good. Just like pick a month and you just erase all of, all this social media apps from your phone for that month. You yeah. just don't get them at all. I think that can be really helpful. Yeah. Part of it is like my 17 year old daughter, she did that for a month and she's like, I'm not putting these things back on my phone. My life is so much better.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I was grounded all the way through like high school and I mm -hmm. realized that (laughs) I was going on on and off. And Mm -hmm. I realized that when I didn't have social media... When I have my phone to do social media, mm-hmm. there was things that I was experiencing in real life and seeing mm-hmm. that I didn't experience with social media because every second of the time that I wasn't interacting with people was taken up on my phone. And so there's the little things that happen. I don't know how to explain, it, but there's just things I missed all yeah. the time because I was on my phone. And when I didn't have my phone, I got to see these things and experience things that happen in real life that everybody else throughout human history had to experience and be patient and wait. Mm-hmm. It was like I most don't know. people
1: are less anxious, happier. And they are more just, they feel more healthy. They feel more clear headed when they shut their phones off.
0: So, okay, let's, I want to shift into Facebook, getting more into Facebook because I think, This is a problem. My generation, man. Like, I don't like using Facebook. My generation, we don't do Facebook that much. Yeah, who wants your parents watching? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Yeah. This is a problem for forty-year-old women and a lot forty, like comparing families families and stuff. And like, yeah, and like, and even men and like getting into political arguments that are Mm. useless. I mean, my dad, he is like anti-social media, but he got on Facebook and he Mm. had to like quit after a couple months because he was fighting old high school friends Mm -hmm. about about politics and right. i was like dad like three months ago you were so against that and he's like well he needs to know and i think like he you know came to his senses and he was like yeah this hell a useless conversation yeah I, we
1: have threatened to throw people off the elder board at this church because of some posts on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just and it wasn't their view. It wasn't like they're Democrat or Republican or whatever. It was the way they were talking to other people.
0: It's so easy. Facebook. And it's it's mm-hmm. the, uh, one of the things that bothers me probably the most about all social media is that people mm-hmm. will be big tough guy when they're behind a t- keyboard. But when you get face to face to have a conversation <laughs> about this stuff, they are cowards. Yeah, and-
1: Keyboard courage <laughs> is a real thing. What the
0: heck? I yeah. don't have keyboard courage because I feel like I hate emailing. I mm-hmm. I want to call somebody and talk to them about these things because I feel like I'm just better at that. I'm not a good, I'm not yeah. good at email. I always reply to one. I always when Nicole sends an email to like five people, I always reply to one person on accident because okay. I don't know how to use it. Right. But um,
1: yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Listen, I hear you. I, and this is this has led to the fact that like I I'm struggling more and more with younger people engaging in positive conflict. They don't want to, they won't stand up and say what they think. I we had a conflict at church recently where this younger woman felt like this young man wasn't, um, acting relative to our COVID protocols properly. And instead of, t- and she didn't talk to him, like yeah. actually the Bible literally says you're supposed to do
0: before you go to the right. church. I'll, and yeah. she
1: didn't even do the second step where she went and got somebody else. And the two of them, t- they, he they just, just
0: skipped that, go to went some- straight
1: <laughs> to somebody in authority try yeah. to get him to not be able to come to the event anymore.
0: Yep. That's because that's what they were g- yeah. grew, grew up on in the public schools. There's like, you don't have to confront anybody. Right. Right. Conflict. You just
1: tell somebody and they'll go cut their throat for you. And 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 like I I understand why this young woman did that, and I, but I'm mad, I was mad at my staff member who let her.
0: Did you did you hear did you see the okay the Badgers basketball team played Michigan basketball team and Greg Gard the Badger basketball coach tried to, to shake Jalen Rose the Michigan basketball coach's hand and Jalen Rose kind of shrugged him off like walked past him didn't want to shake his hand mm-hmm. I don't see a problem with that it's competition but I think you you don't <laughs> oh I, <laughs> think I think that's very I know you got mad at me at church basketball one time because I didn't shake hands with people I I, th- I think it's unsportsmanlike, but like I'm not going to fake it and pretend like I like losing. That's a whole different conversation. But here, no, the- you don't
1: have to. No, you, you can. You can. That has nothing to do with it. What, it. what it says is there are sportsmanship rules that are above losing and winning no matter what. We are humans first. We have, we have like, it's, it's like a knightly code, right? Like, yeah, there, is a, there is a chivalry to this competition because if that breaks, if, if Jalen Rose won't shake the other coach's hands, why can't a player on the bench throw a chair onto the floor? Why can't, why can't a guy who gets fouled when he's about to dunk punch the guy in the face, right?
0: Because there's supposed, be, supposed to be... Well, there's rules around that. I mean, there's no rules in, in basketball. Right, but whatever,
1: whatever we, we won't do so socially has to be legislated into bad, rules, and then you get too many rules, right? If Jalen Rose will just shake the guy's hand, if then we don't have to have... We don't have to have hardly any sportsmanship rules.
0: I think if, it's Jalen Rose, but yeah, go Rose. I yeah, think
1: it is. That's what I meant. Yeah. So, like yeah yeah that i mean there's not supposed to have to be a, a rule at the oscars that you can't go up on stage and slap the person yeah well right? he's
0: banned for 10 years now did you see that yeah yeah i mean and his i can understand I can that yeah i get that too it's like okay but but the the to finish that story was
1: i think he should be banned for 10 years unless chris rock wins an oscar
0: yeah Chris Rock <laughs> is, a, is, a, is a boss Because of that I mean he took that Like a man yeah. But uh, You know He walked past him And Greg Gard Kind of got in his face And was like You know Shake my hand And 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 He I think he went way too aggressive At Jalen yeah. And Jalen got in his face And became, became This huge fight Between both the teams And mm-hmm. it was People got out of control Like, like that it like Was a physical uh, fight Yeah Everyone was pushing each other I mean it was bad yeah. And it got out of control So the yeah, NCAA you know what, what was their Answer to that they were kicking around the idea of just completely taking away sh- handshaking, handshaking after the game. <laughs> that was their solution to that, and that's that is so, so that's, 2022. Yeah, exactly, don't it's do the it. most idiotic. It's insane. Yeah. Like I'm not like I, I'm like personally. You know, I'm probably more of like a bitter competitor, and it's probably an issue I have. But like, I don't love shaking hands with people who just kick my butt. But yeah. like. If you, have a, if you have a problem with somebody, just say, I don't want to shake your hand or something like that. Yeah. Like, talk about it. The, the NCAA would be like, oh, the conflict. We got to get it out of here. And then just yeah. ban it. it so the crazy. only situation
1: which I would accept, like, Rose not shaking his hand, is if he believed that the game was won in an unsportsmanlike way.
0: Yeah.
1: If he believed that they cheated, right? Like, if you have a football game and there's, like, like ugly cheating kinds of hits, yeah. and, like, you, you knock out the other team's quarterback by doing something illegal, yeah. then... I don't have a problem. Yeah, cause the, the when, because the sportsman shaking your like your hand has been broken already. Right. Yeah. When you shake the hands, you acknowledge this was a a legitimate competition. Yeah. Right? I right. accepted it was a legitimate competition and therefore I lost in that yeah. legitimate competition. Yeah. I concede.
0: Oh uh, yeah, if right, that's that what it means. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So uh, I just, yeah,
1: I, I, yeah. so I'll let you bring this back to social media. Yeah, I
0: was gonna say so. <clears throat> like what you're saying about conflict, it, social media media right. is a really easy way for 20 year olds to hide and to not deal with conflict, but to pretend like they're dealing with conflict mm-hmm. by typing a bunch of stuff that doesn't make sense and that's grammatically right. incorrect most of the time, and it's hard and to then read. And the
1: social media company is supposed to step in 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 and, like,
0: and say stop it, right? right. Yeah. And then wh- why the they're social- not
1: very equipped to do because there's way too many posts for them to do it There's way
0: too many posts and there's always a bias. So, you know, if I'm coming in as a Republican and I say, and Nick's a Democrat and we get into a Twitter argument, Nick could call me like a stupid f word and mm-hmm. you're probably not going to get banned because mm-hmm. you're democrat that's just how twitter is but i will as a republican yeah. and so there's a bias there so it's like that that's an issue too but the problem here yeah i, yeah. I the point that you bring up it's totally hiding behind the keyboard is an issue and when it comes to the conflict my generation has a problem with that and that's why i think a lot of people in my generation have been frustrated it's been the imaginary with myself and it's something that you can become too confrontational where you don't need to be confrontational Yeah, yeah
1: i think i think social media tends to lead to the wrong kinds of conflict dynamics right like people people are passive or they're too active or they're i think like i have seen people try to use facebook comments on articles and stuff like that as an attempt to try to do a good job to practice and i think if you do that then that's fine um but like i there's Part of it is like you know what's Facebook's fault, what isn't. So, for example, I'm 44. I'm like I'm just about to end, enter what what Brady Boyd, who's a pastor in Colorado, calls the stupid decade, yeah. right? Like affairs, all that kind of crap, right? Oh, okay. So, so I mean, I can look up any girlfriend I've ever had, see how she looks today, oh, see if she's divorced yet, see if whatever, see if she's, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean? Or like I mean, there's so like there's so many like things that are not really Facebook's fault yeah. that that I can do through Facebook that I couldn't have done without Facebook. Does that make sense? And, and so I wouldn't say Facebook is bad in that way. I would just say, I would say I have access to a sin. I would not have had access to without this Same, that that's what
0: video, like video porn. I mean, like you had access to it in like the fifties and sixties. If you're going to go to the, yeah. to get the VHS in yeah, front when of everybody, I was a kid,
1: there literally were dads with, with chests in their bedroom. And, and there were like the magazines and the VHS tapes.
0: Right. But you had to do, you had to go out and get that crap in public Mm -hmm. and, and risk it all. Oh yeah.
1: The only pornography I've seen in my life, in my whole life is, was either a VHS tape or a magazine. I've never, I mean, I've never seen, I've never, let me say it this way, indulge. I've seen like pictures come up here and there, but I've never, cause I, I kind of tried to get clear of that when I was like still in college and um, smartphones, like, like the, uh, the first smartphone came out when I was in seminary in grad school. So I was just before, so there was internet porn that you could see on your screen, yeah. but I just wasn't, I didn't get into it. I was, I was starting to get clear already. Yeah. And so I've never experienced that. Yeah. I you mean, I,
0: I watched a ton of, of internet, internet porn. I mean, you can, you can watch anything. Uh, and it's got
1: a lot worse, I think.
0: Yeah, in the last 20 30, 20, 30 years, like like when I was, I'm pretty sure seventy percent of the internet itself is porn. I think that's a statistic. I might be wrong about it's that. It's
1: some. It's an embarrassing proportion. Yeah, I don't know what the number is, but and it's so embarrassing whatever proportion. you
0: want. I mean, you can get, and yeah. it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't have to be legal. It doesn't. But it's on yeah. there. You can go find it, and that's. Yeah, that's a whole issue because you get little kids. Now that the, the age in which kids are watching porn is younger because of smartphones, it's like six years old, five years old, first yeah, watching porn. Yeah, and then they're porn. sharing
1: it on buses and stuff like that, too, yeah. right? Yeah. Like when I was on a bus, I saw, I mean, I saw some pornography in magazines on a bus a couple of times. But like, you know, a bus driver could come back and take that magazine from you.
0: Yeah, if they see it. Right. Yeah.
1: And, and like, I don't, they're not as, as able to come and just take your phone.
0: No, parents will flip out at them right. if they do that. Yeah, right. and the, even if they're watching porn on it on the bus. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so, like, I've had parents say their kid is addicted to porn in the church. Yeah, the kid professes faith, and they're like, "Well, how do they? Do you know how they got like connected to it?" And they were like, "On the bus, yeah. people were watching on their fo- on their phones on the bus." That's,
0: yeah, I, that's, yeah. that doesn't surprise me, but yeah, that makes sense. So, so, okay. So what, what are,
1: but that's not technically social media. I mean, Facebook doesn't promote that and th- social media is most of the social medias other than maybe Snapchat yeah. are mostly free of that stuff. Generally speaking
0: of, of hard porn, the, of soft yes. porn. There's tons of soft porn on yeah, Instagram.
1: Sensualized of, of <laughs> pictures and videos. There's a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. The reason you're watching it is because of the sexual yes. Payoff for you neurologically, and and, and yeah. Christian
0: men can do that with and justified in their head and be like, she's fully clothed, and mm-hmm. like I'm not seeing her boobs, but it's like you know she's shaking her butt, and you're like you're aroused, and so like that's right. a the, prob- en- the energy,
1: the energy and the dynamic of this video or picture
0: is sexual. It's a problem, right. yeah, and so so with, with Facebook, what besides the marketplace. And like being able to look people up. I mean, what are, what are mm-hmm. benefits of this? Cause I, I don't, I don't see benefits again. Yeah. Facebook is great for digital marketing and getting like, if you have a product in a business, it's it's like really good for that. Right. Other than that, I, I don't even know how to use it. And I, I don't yeah, like I don't, posting. I on don't it. use this
1: messaging app. I have had people. So for example, uh, a guy who I pastored in Florida died this year mm-hmm. and I was able to contact his wife, get her address, send her a note very easily through Facebook, Facebook messenger. Yeah. Um, so there are some practical things like that, but that's the thing. I try to use Facebook as a, as a literally a book, as a, as a, as a, like a, just a networking.
0: Yeah. Or yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like a, a way to contact people.
1: Yeah. Because even like, even though like I've been free of porn like I've never had a porn addiction, I still can easily be drawn into just like flip through pictures of attractive young women. Yeah. And it's, that's like yeah. just the, like that's not what I'm supposed to be paying attention to. Yeah. My attention isn't for that. And, right. and I don't know that that young woman would like be flattered knowing that no, a middle-aged right. guy was I'm like, yeah. Bit, yeah, you know, and I don't, I don't, there's nothing worse than a creepy pastor just about, yeah. I mean,
0: yeah. And, it's about and, as bad and as like you, you have like your wife and you should I mean, for me, like I shouldn't be paying attention to really any yeah. other women, even y- if yeah. it's like,
1: and, and like, as you grow in your life, you have children, you have responsibilities The premium on your time, what your time is worth, either investing in yourself, resting, doing the things that you really need to do, there's just not enough time for all of it. You're always borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. I, I can't think of the last day in my life that I had where I didn't have multiple things I ought to be doing with my time so to speak.
0: This is what this is one of my favorite things that Matt Chandler has talked about in relation to pornography and, and men being addicted. He was like Is the, t- the, the time, time is this like all He the was time. like you guys' problem is like you should be exhausted when you go to sleep. You have way <laughs> too much time on you. I mean he was pissed off when I heard this thing and he was like you have you have so much time on your hands. You get home and you got like 5 hours to do whatever you want. You just like like you, you know, mess around, you're on your phone. He's like, You should be exhausted when you get home. He's like, I get home from work and I'm like, I, He's like, I was in the car. I like pray, God, give me some strength. Cause I got to go into my wife and my kids and I got to like care for them. And it's like, He, by the time you go to bed, you should be exhausted. You shouldn't have time to. And that was like eye opening for me because my generation is <laughs> all this talk about how like, like we want to like eliminate like all the, like all the stuff that we're doing in our life. And I was like, Actually, it feels like to me, that's like probably a good thing to like yeah. keep doing because laziness right. and sloth is, is a really easy thing to get, to get drawn into. And yeah, yeah, yeah you think- don't want to do it to the point where you're neglecting relationships, but I feel like there's a, for a man and for a woman, there's a healthy amount of, like you should be tired.
1: Yeah. There, there's a number of ways in which I think younger generations have had their lives complicated by everybody who's, who's clamoring for their attention, yeah. right? The, the consumer market is clamoring for their attention, by my stuff. The sexual market is claiming for their attention. Look at this stuff and and monetize it. The social media markets are doing that. The governmental markets vote for my candidate. Um, There's all the awareness markets. oh be aware of this and, you know, signal that you care. And then there's the delicacy markets. Well, you have to have the right kind of coffee made in the right way. And this is the only place that makes this properly. And there's all these like complexities that enter in. And yet virtually none of them should really substantially matter to us. We don't need to pay attention to any of them. It's rather than paying attention to a woman enough to know if you want to marry her paying attention to a certain kind of work to be able to master it, Pay, right, that kind of You
0: thing. just said something about the, like the awareness stuff Mm -hmm. that's huge on, on Instagram and Facebook. I don't know if you remember during um, the black lives matter riots in Minneapolis Mm -hmm. and there was the black squares that people were posting on. uh, Do you remember that? So on Instagram, there was this big like movement where you post a black square and that means that you stand with black lives matter and like, right. And people were getting bullied who didn't do it. If they just didn't do it, that was it bad. wasn't that they were like against Black Lives like, Matter but they just didn't do that because maybe they weren't maybe they weren't even on Instagram and they just <laughs> whatever and and like they get they get in trouble with social trouble for it and this is a problem that I've had too and it seems like again one thing that I think is less common in men but it was pretty it was pretty equally distributed with men and women especially my age <laughs> that like there was this— <sighs> Like being deathly afraid of, of going against what everybody else was doing, even if you didn't believe it. Like I talked mm-hmm. to people who were like, I was like, you posted a black square and I know you don't believe that stuff. And they're like, yeah, but people would get pissed at me if I didn't. And I was like, mm-hmm. what the heck is wrong with you? So like, yeah. and, and, and so that, that's something that I think that. Yeah.
1: That- yeah. During that time, there was a 16 year old girl that was a friend of one of my daughters and her parents did something. Her parents did something that didn't go align with progressive normal normal norm, normalcy here in Madison and in a couple of weeks she was down to one friend my daughter
0: really yep
1: just like that i mean it was something her parents did she didn't even agree with it huh. but they would tell her that her parents should die and like i mean the vitriol from like these like middle class white kids yeah. was incredibly vicious and yeah it's part of the rotting heart of modern Irreligious progressivism yeah. But but, but in a, There's there's a conservative version of that too That I know you've seen as well yeah. And it's just it, And part of this comes from We pay attention to these things like These causes Right Like the abstract black people out there And we think that because We're on the right side of that yeah. Even if we're not That like I can treat my neighbor however I want right. And that's not true was- I mean Jesus' Jesus's ethics are ex- literally the opposite right. I mean People talk about Jesus As this like So quote social activist mm-hmm you know what, if you think that, you should read the Gospels again and see how remarkably not a social activist Jesus was. How many times people tried to call him into activistic kinds of awareness-based dynamics, and he's just like, nope, I'm not doing it. And he would, and then he would redirect the discussion to personal salvation. What are you going to do? What's your life like? How are you going to treat your neighbor? Are you living ethically in all the other ways in your life? And of course you're not. I mean, one, so way, think- one
0: good way to know that Jesus wasn't a, a social advocate is that they wouldn't have killed him like they they would have they would have appre- like one group would have appreciated him enough to be like we can't kill you like if he was a social activist whether it was for like the more somebody was, would have been on his side, on on side. nobody was on his side and they just right. killed him so it was like even his own right. disciples would turn against him so he was just like he was just not a social guy i yeah. mean, when I mean it yeah, of, yeah
1: his disciples just they were too afraid to speak up they were those people you're talking about who they were like well I, I don't want to say anything
0: yeah i don't think it's bad like i don't think jesus is bad but I, i'm not gonna say anything about him getting killed right yeah. i
1: mean they, Think about this. How many, how many younger people who are either Christians or like, like Christ interested that they miss that in the gospels, like the gospel writers are like, look at Peter. Like, think about this from eternity past. God providentially decided to lead in Peter's experience of Jesus crucifixion Mm -hmm. for him to go through this process of denying Jesus three times. Yeah. I mean, like we just kind of blow that off. Like what, no, like what does that mean for you? Jesus closest follower his best friend and the person who said that he would die with him.
0: And the guy who was going to like, like take basically take the baton after Jesus was right. gone, Like And
1: when Jesus was arrested in the garden and pulled out his sword and started attacking people and hacked off somebody's ear, like that guy literally two hours later, some young woman who's a servant says, Oh, aren't you a Galilean? And he's like, Nope. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: And it, it like, like cause scripture, I don't think it they had any point of hesitancy. It was just like an in, in immediate response is like, a, no, you know, yeah. he was just and like, it wasn't no, like no, and it no. wasn't like
1: Gamaliel came out and was like yeah. you, sir. It was like, he's in the courtyard, just getting warm yeah. while Jesus is like nearby. And and like, and the people who ask him all three times, none of them are authorities. Yeah. Right. And he's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know this guy. And then the last time he curses he like calls curses down upon himself from heaven that he doesn't know him. He swears by heaven oh, yeah. that he doesn't know Jesus. And like, and to think about that, just like, no, that's you. Like yeah. you right now, that's you.
0: Yeah. And, and, to, and the other thing, the other thing that you can and see, that's what social media will do. Yeah. It will, it will, it will, right.
1: So make you terrified of all the groups you can't cross right. that you can't find that place in yourself where you will obey Jesus no matter what. And if the Republicans don't obey Jesus, you will disobey them. And if the Democrats don't yeah. obey Jesus, you'll disobey. Them. i was yeah. like, you're not, you're just not playing. And you're
0: gonna piss off a bunch of people on both sides, most likely. The, the right. Peter Peter's sanctification I think was seen through hit like going from somebody who rejected Jesus um, to, to I, I don't know if it was Peter, but when in Acts they were like, "If you don't quit preaching Jesus, we're gonna beat you to death." Wait. Wait, was that Peter who was like, "Do what you think is right," but as for us, we we yeah, can help. Prison you. About what they'll we can't you or something. Yeah. They just said
1: you need to stop, and he's like, "Look, I can't yeah.
0: do what you say instead of God." Yeah. What well, we, we won't mm-hmm. stop about speaking what we have seen and heard. And then they right. beat them. And, and so. And they rejoiced. And, and, they, and they were, and they they rejoiced were that they worthy were, to suffer for the name of yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Right. And so that's like, I mean, from, from a young, like young people's perspective, especially for my generation, that should be something that's more of a focal point in right. how we look at Jesus, because our generation is so prone the opposite way to be like, so against conflict, so against sticking up for what they right. believe in. And. Peter's sanctification was that he was once somebody who was against the conflict, but Mm -hmm. then he turned into somebody who was like, not that he was for conflict, but he was just like, I am, I believe what I believe and I am what I am to God. And and I think the listener who
1: wants to be like, well, wait, but like, I mean, there's some of these groups. I do believe what they believe. Okay. It's great. Listen, because Jesus wouldn't be co-opted or possessed by any of these groups, he interacted with all of them. And People came to follow him from all the different groups. There were Pharisees that came to Jesus. There were Sadducees that came to Jesus. There were Jews of different sects. There were there were revolutionary communists, basically. I mean, Judas was a zealot. I mean, the zealots essentially were like revolutionary, violent people. I'd be like somebody from Antifa, like and like conservative Republicans and like moderate Democrats and a corporatist, like Matthew was a tax collector, like all these different people. And by the time you get to Antioch in Acts 13, they have to call them Christians for the first time because there's no other label to use. They're not a Jewish sect anymore. There's so diverse a group of people that they just have to call them after this Christ they follow. So they call them Christians. So by not being possessed by any groups of people, they became the most diverse people, but also the most like,
0: And what you'll find, too, is that people who are part of that group identity, especially on the social media end of things, they will they will claim diversity and be the least diverse people you'll ever meet. From from my perspective is that they they will they'll be like, I'm all for diversity and everything. And then and then if you say anything that goes against what their group thinks whatever that whatever that diversity was it doesn't exist anymore man like they're not for it at all and that so you find that it becomes just like kind of a a, a, i don't know what word is a paradox is that that's not a paradox just like a weird reversal that happens between yeah it's it's like
1: diversity within ideological purity how much diversity can we have within our ideological purity
0: Yeah, and which and, ends and, up being like barely. Any yeah, that's a whole day. other
1: podcast because yeah. I think that both of those are valid concepts, and I think every group of people are living in this balance between right. a certain kind of ideological purity, mm-hmm. right? In the church, it's that purity is the gospel. We and all have the gospel.
0: The church too. I mm-hmm. mean, that's a difficult. Like, and we're it's-
1: supposed to be pure when it comes to the gospel, yeah. but but the gospel also allows for a lot of diversity, yeah. Yeah. and so then like trying to work together within that diversity community be, can be
0: so, if I, so if i'm like 22 23 years old and i'm listening to this which which is me and what do i do then i mean i have social media and honestly like people my age are not good at self-reflecting figuring out whether they should have it or they shouldn't my my opinion is like i would say just get off of it for like two weeks see how mm-hmm. you feel see what kind of write down the benefits and and then write down the things especially if you struggle
1: at all with anxiety or depression or if you struggle with sexuality or you struggle with um outward like anger like treating people the way you shouldn't treat them and i would do it for longer than two weeks i i would do it for a whole month yeah because it takes a little while for you to reach an emotional equilibrium again because like for some people it's body image stuff that's that's creating anxiety for other people it's they're taking in too much negative news and it's creating anxiety. They don't even realize they're creating
0: temper too, like being mm-hmm. able to quickly shoot back at somebody just like off the cuff without mm-hmm. thinking about it. That was something yeah. that you can so easily on Twitter, just shoot a tweet at somebody. And then like right. t- the next day you'll be like, Oh, I, right. and, that was not good. You're, you're,
1: there's also the issue of like treating people as abstractions. Jonah Goldberg talks about how he'll get anti-Semitic emails yeah. from, from like his writings and stuff. And he said, every once in a while, I'll write back and just say, you know, how dare you? Send something like that to me. And the reply he'll get is, I'm so sorry. I didn't think you read your emails. (laughs) That like Jonah Goldberg was like this abstraction, this like, like Jewish person, guy who wrote this stupid conservative stuff I don't like. And then they found out that Jonah Goldberg, the man, like the human being actually read the email. And they were like, oh, they're mortified. Right. Yeah. And this is what happens on social media yeah. is like you, you, you're attacking somebody out there. Mm-hmm. And even when you know their name and you actually know who it is, there's still just this like little moniker like on the screen and you're not fully humanizing them. And you're writing something you would not say if they were with you. Yeah. And through getting that out of your life. So what I would say to a lot of younger people is cancel social media and eat with a friend four days a week. Huh. And have a conversation. Have a conversation with a person yeah. in person. And,
0: and invest in that. And also think about how difficult it is Mm -hmm. because I, that's like, I mean, that's been the case too, like going on, you know, people go on dates with each other and and they'll be like, I'm exhausted after this date," And it's like, why are you exhausted? Well, we had to talk for two hours. It's like, you have problems, man. Right. Like you're supposed to talk to people like you're a person. Yeah. And so uh, yeah. that, that like, th- I think it'd be important to think about how difficult it is to have a conversation with somebody and maybe that's something you need to practice. Yeah. Doing. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I think that, yeah, I, I just think that if what comes to us through our phones, including social media mm-hmm. has the potential for an incredible amount of benefit. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, just amazing. And, but I also think it's unsuited to our humanity. Yeah. And so one of the, one of the things, and we're gonna talk about this in other podcasts on sanctification is what is your goal for your humanity? Is your goal transhumanism or is your goal transfiguration? Yeah. Right. Is it that I want to transcend my humanness to become the kind of creature who like has hyper-focus and just takes in all this stuff and like, is like globally interacting with everything all the time. And that that's better than being this limited human being in space and time. Yeah. Or is it transfiguration that I become a, so human that I can be glorified? Yeah. And the Christian's view is the second one Yeah. to be so embodied. So in the place where you yeah. really are, so paying attention to the people who are right there, so deeply focused on the things that really matter in the way you hold your attention on the things that it forms you to become so f- more human yeah that you can be transfigured into the image of Christ and glorified forever as opposed to become something quote better than human. Right. Right? And I think that social media is in some ways indicative of this transhumanist idea that is, that is fundamentally part of expressive individualism that I want myself as an individual to be anything I can possibly be to express myself the way I want to, even if the whole process dynamic and system is completely inhuman. And I think that sadly, Much of social media has an inhuman effect, even though some of the things it can do are amazing.
0: I have one more question about social media before we wrap it up, because we've been talking for a while. There's one thing that I think um, is important. Social media for Christians has of like lately and probably for more lately has been used as a, a substitute to, to sharing the gospel but like it, like with people like okay. where like if I post a thing about the gospel on social media that means that I'm sharing the gospel with people and my I, I think that's I don't think that I think that's you're fooling yourself and I think that's pretty weak I mean yeah, yeah there can be good things that come from that but it's one of those situations where you're like like you're gonna we probably as Christians we want to do the most effective thing not the like least effective thing and then hang on a like you know like a like a Hail Mary basically I mean so yeah. so so should Christians substitute face-to-face evangelism with digital evangelism? Is that healthy?
1: No, I, no, I think that, I think that, um, I think that the gospel is supposed to come to people as a deeply human process. I think that you have to realize that something has gone wrong, awry in your humanity and that God has a greater humanity for you in his Christ. And so the more inhuman, the system you're functioning in, the more the system works against the message. Does that make sense? Yeah. We're doing an interview with Andrew Claven, I think, in not too long. Yeah. And part of his new book mm-hmm. on Jesus is like using the romantic authors to humanize Jesus more yeah. within the mental context we're in right now. So yeah. that by seeing Jesus as more human, we can understand him as more divine. Yeah. And so I think as social media dehumanizes our relationships, inadvertently in some ways and by design in others. Right. It dehumanizes the Jesus of the gospel and us as the gospel sharer. because remember the world is supposed to realize that we take Jesus seriously and care about him so much because we love them. You're not loving people through social media. I don't care what, I mean, that's just a completely false understanding of love. Love is what do you have
0: to sacrifice on social media to love? Love is about a different
1: kind of sacrifice, a different kind of paying attention, right? then you get on social media it just isn't a thing so yeah. you have to transcend social media in order to love you can't do it within it so i think there's things you can do on social media by alerting people to things showing them apologetics videos pointing them like you can send to your friend hey i found this thing you might this video might help you with that doubt we talked about yeah. and then get and together then with them and about talk about it, about it again it yeah in, yeah in right person so they can be good as a resource away, yeah not while
0: playing a video game right a resource to help you in ways that that you don't understand things so like if somebody's asking me about like what does this mean in this book you know i can go to find a ask john piper and then set it to him Uh but if that's going to be my only way of sharing the gospel with people and to talk people about christianity there's probably a problem with me
1: yeah i want want to share one more thing about this too is, is and that is that social media is partly partly the way it functions is is a fight for status and I think it's really important for us to point out as Christians that Jesus was a complete rejector of all dynamics of human status outside of godliness. Yeah. So like in Matthew 22, 16, there's people that come to Jesus, the Pharisees send their disciples to Jesus and they say, or the Herodians, and I, th- I think it's the Herodians, the Sadducees, and they say, teacher, they said, we know you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And then they say this, you aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. The irony of that is they're trying to flatter him into paying attention to who they are. Yeah. As they ask this that question, but what they realize is like, no, this guy is different than everybody else because he pays no attention to anybody's status, yeah. who they are and what they're doing. Social media is almost by definition, a way to make our, our personal fight for status, which we're all engaged in more abstract, more constant, more total. And so it's just compl- it's completely the opposite way of being and paying attention and valuing things as Jesus. Once you begin to really see what Jesus is like, what he pays attention to, what he values, and then you, you're honest with yourself about what social media functionally mm-hmm. values. You don't have to say the people at Facebook are evil.
0: Right.
1: You just say, okay, what does this— um, So uh, who's the guy who wrote No Place for Truth? and David Wells wrote a series of books um, in the 90s about evangelicalism, and he was saying— evangelicalism is not so much being destroyed by the doctrines. We believe that we're believing the wrong doctrines. He said, what's happening is, is socially we're formed by systems and the system is shaping us to be shallower, less substantial people. Uh And so we're, we can believe all the Christian doctrines, but because we're in a system that is making us shallower and less substantial, we are, we won't be strong enough to believe in any of these doctrines and we'll lose them. Uh Right. Social media is like taking that to the, like the nth degree. The entire system is meant to make us less substantial and make us pay attention to things that make us shallower, weaker, and more vaporous. Yeah. The opposite of what the book of Ecclesiastes is trying to tell us. Yeah. And then Jesus comes to no, know what you pay attention to is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. I think if you grapple spiritually with that question, what are you paying attention to and why? It will haunt you. Mm-hmm.
0: But it'll also lead you. It's a healthy haunt. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like one that's that's good. I, I know when I started substituting some of the time I spent on social media with just like reading a book or like a chapter, I started out and I was... I. I've gotten to the point now where I've almost totally substituted it and yeah. I've gotten better at reading. Like I can read yeah. faster and you under- think longer. Think you can- long. Yeah. There's a lot of benefits mm-hmm. that's come out of it and yeah. things like that, just to substitute, just like, you don't yeah. have to, you know, you don't have to just sit there and do nothing.
1: Yeah. My daughter, Rachel, she, her big vice wasn't social media. It was watching whole seasons of programs on her laptop. She just had, she would just have stuff playing all the time. She just watched her way through NCIS just like, as fast as she could, you know, and it's just hours and hours and hours and hours. And, hours. and she finally realized this is crazy. Yeah. Like I'm blowing an incredible amount of time. So she just stopped watching anything on not on the weekend. Yeah. And she just started reading yeah. and she's read four books on personal wealth. She's read almost all of the Bible. She hadn't read. She has invested time in friendships. She has like stuff that like she could have done at any time, but she hadn't done. She hadn't built these two best friends that she had spent. She now has. She hadn't read these books. She hadn't read the Bible, and now she's like, "Dad," which has led to her and I discussing things like late into the night, like, "Why is Hebrew structured that way? I don't understand it." Right? That would have never happened if she was just sitting at the at the bar in our kitchen watching Watching the office. You know, yeah, the office on her laptop. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. And so I think there's so many ways in which we just like, like, listen. I have a lot of responsibility in my life. It creates a lot of anxiety. It's difficult. I have conflicts. I mean, just like a couple of nights ago, I had to call somebody who had left a, a comment on Google that our church was entirely racist. And I had to like interact with that person and be like, why do you think that? And you know, what happened and how can we, right. And it resolved really well, but it was like, I have to make that phone call, you know, like my whole day is like that, you know, and, the, and uh, they're, neurologically and sensually, there's nothing I want to do besides go home, play video games, eat and have sex.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. That right? makes sense. Yeah.
1: It, but that's not going to get me where I want to go. It just isn't. And I don't want to, I don't want to lay in death and for it to have a sting. I want to, I want to be the person I imagined I could be. And and the thing is like, I'm never morally going to be that person. I'm already a failure. Like I'm 44 years old. I haven't been the man I've meant to be. The only thing I can be in a romantic sense is to have been a person who fought to be the man that I could be my whole life and maybe gotten closer to it at some points and, and maybe even closer to it when I come to death.
0: You talked about this in a sermon one time that I think a lot of people liked and that I liked. You had this quote that was like, uh, at the end of our life, a lot of Christian testimonies are not going to be about the healing that's done in their life. It's going to be about the fact that they never gave up. That was yeah. you, you said that, and I thought that was yeah. really good because that's definitely the case with most people when, you, when you're a kid or like you grow, you're like, I'm going to do all these things. And then you realize you're not going to do those things, but you still have to deal with the fact that you're here. And so you got to do something. And, and that is usually not giving up because it's really yeah. easy to give up. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, if you, if you went back to talk to me at 19 and you told me the script of my life, I'd be like, yeah, that's exactly what I planned. Like I got married, I had children. I stayed with my wife. I was wildly successful in my profession. People looked up to me. Young people looked up to me. How could you have a better life than this? Right. And the answer is. Yes. Here's what you'll also know when you're 44. You have failed in so many ways at so many times in so many consequential ways. And there will be so many things to regret that without the grace of God, maybe you would give up. Um, and your whole life has been a fight and a struggle, but also joyful and good. You know what I mean? I I don't know. I would be like, Oh, Hmm. And then, I mean, like in some ways my life has gone well. And yet, like I've had to fight all these things I've had to shut down my social media and I've had to, I've had to choose to like just the fight to exercise and eat well.
0: You're not going to fight if you're not, if you're don't, if you're not, that's a, that's a big point. I mean, you're not, you're not going to fight if you're always on social media, you're not going to like, you're not even going to have the like bandwidth to do these things. If you don't get off to some capacity and and like live your life. I mean, that's, that's an important thing too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I, and I think one of the most disgusting and horrific effects of social media and, and again i'm not blaming facebook this is just right. what happened it's, it's kind of like what happens with an alcohol with an alcoholic is different than what happens with alcohol with like we are in some ways alcoholics to some of this stuff because of how we're wired yeah. and it's almost obliterated friendship
0: yeah.
1: and yeah. i think that's i mean if you're poor
0: social media has almost obliterated friendship
1: yeah, modernity, and social media has been a big part of that.
0: It, like, basically has, like, for a huge chunk of the population. It's yeah, very I difficult think it's to make been, friends at my age. I think
1: it's been a, a big part of it. Yeah. right is that we we attend so much energy to it rather than other things
0: and part of the difficulty mm-hmm. of that is that it's so easy to gossip about people too now right. so it's like i can have people that i think are my friends but i don't know if they're gonna trash talk me behind my back because they could just send a text or you know what i mean or, or instagram and mm-hmm. dm people and just be like Andy's a piece of crap like I, like that's a, like right. you don't know you can't trust people because you don't know people
1: are constantly moving on from relationship to relationship yeah. in ways that i don't understand i don't understand as a like as a 44 year old who lives in madison i kind of do because people are constantly moving away from here and all the friends i've made over the last 12 years most of them have moved away yeah and so i know what it's like to lose friends and have to make new ones and so on but the disposability i've seen in friendships among people in the modern era and not just young people i mean i've seen it at like with some of my wife's friends and stuff people who are like friends with her for a while and then like just dropped her
0: you just don't hear, hear from a member yeah. again yeah
1: and you're like no you're supposed to have four or five friendships where if you didn't call someone in the middle of the night they would be mad at you like if something really big happened and you didn't call them.
0: I think the sad thing is a lot of my generation, they don't have those relationships. They want, I think they want those relationships, they only have those
1: relationships with, their parents. with their parents,
0: right? They want, I think they deep down, they want them, but they don't even know that they exist and they don't know how to get them. And that's where I think that the older generation needs to start reaching out because this generation has like, they don't know, they don't know how, they don't know what exists. Yeah. So they need to like, somebody needs to reach out to them and be like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to be your spiritual mom and dad and have that deep relationship with you to teach you how to do that with other yeah. people in your I own mean, age group.
1: In some ways, this is why 40 years ago, evangelical churches started the small group movement. Like people weren't doing it on their own.
0: The intergenerational small. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people- and
1: like discipleship and mentoring and friendship. And so churches came up with these, we've spent, we've spent, millions of dollars on these programs where we like basically ha- get people to have dinner parties and talk about the Lord.
0: Here's how you make friends and have right. people over. I mean, yeah. Can you
1: imagine like there's, there are churches that have a small groups pastor. Their whole job is to try to get people in the church. I mean, that's to what have Devin does with at each high, other. he doesn't only yeah. do that, but he's, yeah, a- he does more but like yeah. the idea that like we would need somebody to do that
0: right.
1: just seems insane right. to me. And yet we do, yeah. you know,
0: And, and probably that became more of a need when technology started to become, uh, not tech, uh, tech, like technology, like computers and that kind of stuff started to become.
1: And that's a part of it. Right. So like I'm with Jonah Goldberg, I hate despise one thingism So it's, it's not all social media, but like part of it is like when we decided not to live near our parents and to all move to cities and then to move around. And so we don't have ancestral ties of friendship. Like I'm not friends with, I'm not friends with any of my high school friends, not any of them. I'm not even friends with any of my—the only college friend that I'm a meaningful friend with is the one I sleep with, right? My wife is the only college friend I've retained.
0: Um, Well, you had to think about that in in relation to Jesus again. He didn't ever travel outside of 100 miles of where he grew up, and so he was— always within the same communities and that's something i've tried to think about right, he mean not switch
1: disciples halfway through the three years right he was i mean like, at some point man, he knew what judas was yeah. and he just didn't trade him out
0: judas this is a pain man like you're gonna portray me like but that was something that i think about that's why i'm trying to that we're gonna move back to madison after mm-hmm. minneapolis because I, I don't think i don't think there's anything healthy i think a lot of people just run away from their problems so they'll go mm-hmm. from one place to the next place to the next because you're Problems are going to catch up with you wherever you you go. So you either have to deal with them or you got to keep moving. And yeah, the
1: weight of lies by the Avett brothers. Yeah. Right. Like, like your lies don't need an air, airplane to chase you down. Yeah. Right. Like your problems are yeah. going to go with you wherever you go because they're in you. Right. And so if you can find people who can love you.
0: Right. And who are willing to deal with those problems with you, then you probably mm-hmm. found a good family and a church family and you should probably just stick around for right. like the rest of your life. I mean, that's like. No, that's, it's
1: better to be known. Yeah. Yeah, but but this gets back to like the therapeutic nature of things and how people don't really want to deal with their problems; they just want to medicate their problems. And if you and if you don't want to deal with your problems, you have no right to be anybody's friend.
0: And I think in this podcast, it also gets back to the fact that like no matter how hard you try, social media is not going to give you that. That they're not. That's not. Going, they're not going to get. Social right. media is not going social to give media, you that family. They're not going to give you that. Social
1: media, if you control its use and you pay attention to it to, to the way you want to, you can use it to facilitate some goods, but. The fire that you're pulling into your lap is substantial yeah. and you have to be, you have to be strong, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, we are pretty far into this one. Do, yeah. you, do you have anything but, else? But thats
1: I mean, the same thing is true of food and sex and like anything that taps deeply into your sensual desires.
0: We're you gonna, we should to gr- do a podcast on gluttony because I think that nobody talks about gluttony.
1: Yeah. It'd be fun to do one on like all seven deadly sins. That'd be a good series. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah I I you would be really. Good yeah, one. we should because yeah, and I think that there, I mean we could talk about social media forever, and there's a lot of different things. But I think there's some good practical things that people can take from this one and yeah. just test it out and see yeah. if this is beneficial for them or yeah, not. Yeah, I
1: mean, I think there it's amazing what social media can do, and so I, I think that they have in them great goods. If we were strong enough to use them,
0: I mean, we, could we do really some, cool this, things. Right, this podcast wouldn't, to some capacity, have been like grown as much as it did just through word of mouth right. without social media. Absolutely. And people sending it out, out to each other. And so that's a way in which like, I, I can't totally hate on social media because I think good things have been done through this podcast. Right. I mean, that's
1: but. why like people get tired of me saying this, but that's why the solution is always godliness. Yeah. As we grow in godliness, we become strong enough to handle things so that they don't, right. like it says in first Corinthians six, they don't handle us. We handle them. Right. You know, and social media—you have to be pretty strong yeah. to handle it, so it doesn't handle it. Which you. means
0: that if you're a new Christian and you're young, like myself, you should probably just take some time away from take it. Take a break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, I think we'll we'll, we'll cut it off there. Um, yeah. If If you like this and you have other questions, make sure to send them in. Make sure to like, subscribe follow and share this with your friends on social media um, and go to optive for more. Um, and I think that's it. We'll see you guys in the next one. Goodbye.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the engage and equip podcast. If you have a podcast idea or a question you'd like answered on the podcast, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can go online to highpointchurch.org podcast. You can also find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and other apps like those. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a more substantive disciple and part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways we have to reach new listeners. Until next time, thank you for listening to this episode of Engage in podcast. Equip- Bye. Mm-hmm.